you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. Hi and hello, football fans, and welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. It's your old pal Dave Damashek here, and Studio 66 has a very special guest, Akib Talib. We'll say hello to him in one second. Let me tell you, we're going to talk all about Super Bowl 50 and what went on before, during, and after for the Denver Broncos. We'll get Talib's thoughts on that. Also, we're going to look what happened the night before uh, the Super Bowl was played. NFL honors on the red carpet. I was out there yapping with the likes of J.J. Watt and Larry Fitzgerald and Jameis Winston and a bunch of other fellas. And on their way into the, you know, the black tie event, I gave them some inconvenient gifts. And uh, and so we'll show you how that worked itself out. And of course, we're presented as always by McDonald's. Go get yourself some all-day breakfast. Maybe a keep to leave had an egg McMuffin just before the Super Bowl to get himself right. You know, emotionally, <laughs> physically, and otherwise. Real quick, let's say hello to my main man seated to my immediate left, all the way from London, England. He is our resident Miami Dolphins fan. It's handsome Hank. <laughs> Hello, handsome. How are you? I am very well indeed. Excited to be seated next to this guy. I know. I would like to bend your ear a little bit about this proclamation about uh, Adam Gase better get to the playoffs in three years. And again, that's not such a crazy standard. (laughs) We'll talk about that on another day. Let's talk to the Super Bowl champion number 21, Akib Tlaib. What's the poop, fella? Muzzle tough. How y'all doing, man? Well, not as good as you. I didn't right. get a ring yet. I'm doing great. I bet you are. <laughs> all right. Where to begin? I mean, first of all, where, 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 what should we go into the before the game or after the game? Is it crazy in the ensuing 12 hours? What happens after you get the ring? After? Not that you get the ring, but after the after final the game. gun. Yeah. Crazy 12 hours, man. Uh, first, you got to go get dressed, you know. Get your family. You have everybody in town, which you know. So I had to get my family together and head to the city to party. 
yeah. with the family. I'm always curious family. about that. So don't you say, hey, it's great to see you. Well, let's mom, hang out. Let's get lunch tomorrow. But now I got to go swing. Come well, on. I got to go mom get wild. didn't go, but I had like my brother, my sister, you know, wifey out there, that family. Not mom. Right. Mom had to stay home. She had to stay home. Yeah, she had to stay home. <laughs> well, handsome. Yeah. Before we get too far away, yeah, the first thing they do is they give you the Lombardi. They give the so I noticed afterwards you 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 did a lot of kissing on the trophy. Oh, I had the trophy all day. I rode home with the trophy on the. Did plane. you? <laughs> I had the trophy on the bus, man. I got crazy videos of me and Lombardi. Right. Do you, are you a germaphobe in any way? Do you like? Because I, I felt like everyone was kissing like. And your hands all over yeah, that thing. It should come with one of those like antibacterial. I got a little cough right now. It's right. probably, it's from, probably the from the trophy. <laughs> yeah, Everyone all, kissing it. It's all good though, man. I, it's a it's a Super Bowl cough, so it's all good. <laughs> you we don't even have it. to call Lombardi yeah. anymore now that right. you're close. Yours. Right. <laughs> Vinny, if Vinny. you want to, yeah. <laughs> come on over here, Vinny. Um, so yeah, then the parade and all that sort of stuff. What was it like? The morning you woke wow. up for the game, did you sleep the night before? Uh, I did. Uh, I made sure. That I did all my film study and everything. Uh, I chilled with the family for about two hours on Saturday. I made sure I had the lights off in the hotel at 9 o'clock. That's too early, though. If I try to make myself go to sleep real early, then that only makes me crazy. See, if I try to make myself go to sleep at 9, I ended up sleep about 11. So for like two hours, I like sat there like this. What do you think about just winning, man. Just making plays. Uh, Do you think specifically about the receivers that you're matching up with, or just like I hope I win? I really want to win. Uh, I just wanted to win, man. Really, really. The night before the game, I didn't even really think football. I try to think of like this is how I fall asleep, though. It's a secret, you know. If you think of Z's in your head, just blank mind. The really? letter Z. The letter Z. Really? Just think of Z. Just think of Z's doing something like see how you got the Dave. Going across, you could just mm-hmm. think of Z's going across or Z's Ooh. like f- bouncing on clouds. Really? You'll be sleeping a second. That's really? great. You know what I do? I have to, I think of an animal. I go through the alphabet and you have to name an animal that begins with A in your head, not out loud. Right. Animal that begins with A. So like a antelope and then mm-hmm. an animal that begins with, you never get past F. But that seems like that's where you're making oh. your brain work. No, you no, don't no. want to make your brain work. Also, there are some where there are just no – I can I can never think of – N, think of an animal. It works, an man. Animal. It works. It's really good. All right. So then Anyways, you, get a, you get a decent night's sleep. Great night's sleep. First of all, that's crazy to me. How do you get a I, – I would be awake all night. I would see, just be see, racked with nerves. Before the AFC Championship game, I did everything regular. I got in the bed at 1030, 1045. I was up all night. Mm. Couldn't sleep. So I, I said, for the Super Bowl, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to turn these lights off. I'm going to be in the bed at 9 o'clock. Hopefully, I'll be asleep by 11. Mm-hmm. And I definitely was. I think I fell asleep. It didn't take me long, man. 10.30, 10.45, I was asleep. Now, I don't mean to jump here, guys, but we, we're stumped here. We can't figure out an animal with an N. There isn't. You guys, uh, you can spend the whole N. of the rest the of whole, this podcast. We have eight guys back here. There isn't an animal, animal that begins with N. That's, why, that I go to, that's why I go to sleep when I get to N, because there isn't an answer. <laughs> There's a newt. It's not an animal. That's an amphibian. I don't want to get into this too much right now. We've All right, yeah, we, we only Talib have so here. much time with Talib. We don't right. want to waste it doing that. All right, you know what? Speaking of things we have to get to, I don't want to let uh, time get away from us here. I want you to explain this to me. Oh, wait, before you show this, it's something that we just thought of just before you walked in here, Talib. It's a segment called Answer for Your Sins, Akib Talib. Now answer for what <laughs> happened in the divisional round here. I want you to explain this to me. All right. Because I tweeted about it. Oh, I, I it may not have come up here, but uh, – I'm a Steelers fan, Tlaib. Right. And I tweeted about this. Now what, what, now what happened here? 
look at that picture. It's Akeem Tlaib against Martavis Bryant. I'm looking at Martavis Bryant right hand pushing (laughs) and my right hand pulling. I can't say your helmet is obscuring Martavis Bryant's helmet there, no. but or his hand there. But I do see your right mitt on his his arm there. He's pushing, so this is the rule as a DB: you push, I pull. Simple as that. So once I feel the push, I'm a pull. The referee know the DB rules, so he let us play that ball. I don't. I I didn't care for it. I didn't I like you. that. <laughs> I feel that. I mean, hey, a lot of people didn't like it. <laughs> you Rocco, heard about that from Broncos country loved it. <laughs> exactly. Hey, and some break the tie. Talib says he was right. Dave says it wasn't right. What do you think? He was there. He was, he could he could feel. Oh, the push look at how goal. you want to keep Talib the Super Bowl yeah. champion. The like that was you. a great intro, by the way, Hank. That Thank was, you very much. That, it was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. We'll see if we can get you one as well. We'll get next you time. one you, next time. <laughs> if you come back, yeah, we can do it. You know, Ike Taylor's uh, he comes in here all the time with us. He's do Ike have his own intro? Oh, he He's does. Yeah. Oh man, it took I, him a while to get one he liked. I know Ike too. That's Ike a good friend of mine, man. He coached with. When I was in Tampa, Ike was the receiver coach out there. I spent a little time with Ike, man. Is that right? He likes you. He speaks very highly of you as well. Yes. Even when I was talking about that, he he let you off the hook a little bit because he likes you so much. It's football, man. Oh, here's Ike's uh, little intro. I don't know. Ike intro out. We're... Pretty good, Akeem Tlaib. Make you want to come back in here? That was nice. That's nice. You didn't love it, though? No. That was nice. Okay. I mean, he had a video like Hank and everything. but Yeah, we do have to get, we'll a, get video him a video. Right. Yeah. Nice. We can get him a video. We'll get, that, we'll get that video. Now, the thing I did talk to you about on Monday before the Super Bowl at media night, I asked you but one question. What was that? I said to you, you can only have one quarterback start the Super Bowl for your team, Peyton Manning or John, or John Elway. Elway. What was your answer that day? My answer that day was, you can't go wrong with either one of them. That's a good answer. It was his answer, and I challenged him to to um, to see how it would go. He said you would win the Super Bowl, but if they played each other, who would win? What if you had the exact same roster, who did? but the only thing you changed was the quarterback, and then you had the exact same Broncos team play the exact same Broncos team, except it's 18 v. 7. Who wins that? Uh... It's a good question, isn't it? That's a good question, man. You got Von Miller and uh and D Ware coming. You better be able to move a yeah. little bit. I don't yeah, know. Exactly. John can move a little bit though, you know, so I don't know. Against against our defense, I'm not sure, man. I, <laughs> you almost got almost, almost got an answer almost out of got it out of me, man. I'm not sure, man. You know, Payton Payton makes magic happen, man, so what Never know, talking man. about quarterbacks, so you've played with and against Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Definitely. And so we both know well, we all know how good they are and what their strengths are. What are that when you're against them, what are the weaknesses for those guys? What are the things as a corner you you know you can you can prey on with those guys? Pressure. Gotta get pressure on those guys. If you if you if you want to have a chance to beat either one of those quarterbacks, it better start with pressure, man. It better start with pressure. What do you think, uh, last thing, and then you're going to run off and do fancy TV, total access and all that? See, to the victor go the spoils, right. Akeem Tlaib. <laughs> Osweiler in 2016. But, well, did you th- well, th- I guess more pressing because it put you on the spot and say what do you think is going to happen next August and September. It's, uh, you don't have an answer for that necessarily. Of course not. 
What do you think? What did you talk to? Did uh, did you talk to Osweiler? You know, the week of the Super Bowl after he got, or you know, even between seventeen and the playoff game against Pittsburgh. Do you pull him aside and say anything to him, like, "Hey, we aren't here without you," kind of thing? What's what? What's his frame of mind around this? He must have uh, felt like a guy kind of pushed aside a little. Bit. No, Brock. No, he played a major part, man. He stepped in and played a crucial seven games for us and went five and two. So. Brock, no, he was a, a super big part of, man, this Super Bowl run, man. We definitely couldn't have did it without him, uh, and he knows that. And around March, he didn't really know that. <laughs> I, I suspect he really, right right exactly. really know that. Akib Tlaib, you're delightful, and we uh, our time was all too brief. But if you come back, I promise you, hear me now, that no jive is the policy on uh, on the DDFP. You come back, we'll have a theme song for you. For sure, man, I like it. Yeah, and you have and you have nothing but time. You have like five, six months before you have right. to do anything. Right. Come on out. Come on back Come in visit. studio. We'll have Ike here the next time you're here. For sure. Right. Congratulations to Akib Talib. I saw that the way you pulled Martavis's arm. All right, I don't want to live life in the rearview mirror. Hey, let's look ahead by looking back at my conversation with some of the biggest stars in the NFL on the red carpet at NFL Honors the night before Akib Talib won that ring. Presented by McDonald's. Hi and hello and good morning, football fans. Dave Damashek here at NFL Honors. You know what's convenient? All day breakfast. Thanks, McDonald's. You know what's not convenient? Giving pro football stars inconvenient prizes as they walk into NFL on. It's Matt Ryan. It's fan, man. Dory, we love catching up with you, man. You're one of the nicest guys around in the league, and uh, I want to give you something before you head in there. You know what? Oh, yes. Yeah, got some parting gifts here. So I'm going to give ta- you a whole thing of I'm nice. talking about. Those little oranges. You know what? I appreciate this. Why? Because my wife, my son, they run through these, so thank you. Hey, all right, go ahead in. Hey, wait, here's your party gift. It's a cactus. It's a very nice cactus. Yeah, enjoy that. In San Francisco. Yes. Well, yeah, I had it left over from 49. Before you go in there, J.J., why I want you to have this. No. That's a look at that. Are you kidding? Econo, econo you don't side. know how much I need this. I know, I know. This is fantastic. Guys, it hits me right in the heart. Take these into the award show with you. Okay, I will. Steve Smith, let's not make it another two years, all right? This is a Monopoly game, but we haven't finished it yet. If you could keep it intact, that would be cool. I appreciate it. The award ceremony can drag a little bit. You know, know, hour two, everybody around you, hey, Tori Smith, can I get it? No, that was my gift. (laughs) Eli Manning, you're tremendous. You're a lot of fun to talk to always. I appreciate it. Go have fun. I want to give you something. Here, a ream of paper. Enjoy that. You can use that all through the offseason. Well, here we got to go. All right. Go ahead. Take care. All right. Hey, let me give you this. Parting gift. You want to find out? If you're on Hard Knocks next August, forget that giant tire thing. You just flip this thing. Just flip this thing. That's right. You'll be in good shape. This will be gone by the end of the night, so. Now, that's too much information. Larry Fitzgerald, you're a delight. I want you to go inside and have a good time. And before you go, I have a parting gift for you. Two goldfish. Before you go in there, I got you a parting gift. Goldfish. Goldfish. Yeah, enjoy that here. What's Go the ahead. name? You, it's your fish now, man. You Goldie name it. Goldie 2. Goldie 1 and Goldie 2. <laughs> Go ahead and enjoy that, Hines. I want to give you this. 
Here we go. I'll take it out. A bowl. No, take the whole bowl. No, this is all I need. This is good. Well, good times at NFL Honors. See you next year. Dave Damashek, yeah. What can I say? You've done it again, Dave. What you really think, did. Handsome? That yeah. was terrific. Well done, Dave. Well, the thing is uh, that uh, Black Tie pointed out, because, you know, he's always punching up. And uh, Black Tie was good enough to just uh, say while we were looking at that that uh, the little oranges are, in fact, clementines. They are tangerines or satsumas. No, they're not. There are well, three, there are three different types, clementine or clementine, tangerine, satsuma, Black Tie. You're a producer. Find out what the differences are. Before I don't the think end of this show, tangerine, I don't no. I don't Tanger- think. I, look, I don't want to argue with you, Dave. Let's get let's get the producer to do the research. I'm on it. Thank you very much. You know, um, do you remember during Hard Knocks, JJ, JJ Watts, one of the things that we had to find out was he eats like 5,000 calories or a lot more than the average human being. Do you think it was real that he might get through an entire packet of, of um, tissue? I know. He was I he mean, was adamant about it. He was inordinately enthused yeah. about it. And then his pronouncement that it was going to be gone by night's end. Right. Interesting. Hey, let's get to it, everybody. More uh, to very important stuff. More very important stuff mm-hmm. um, off of that. And by the way, I should point out that there will be much more coming from uh, the red carpet. We asked another uh, a bunch of uh, very important questions to uh, to those football players you just saw and a bunch of other fellas there. By the way, we also have to get to Ray Lewis. You saw the Ryan brothers or maybe heard them there if you're listening. The Ryan brothers jumped up on the stage with us. And uh, just before we got rolling there, Ray Lewis jumped up there and had a pseudo-intimate moment with Rex Ryan. Black tie. What did he say? We got to show that clip already. I know. I actually have a clip. I don't have that clip yet with me. Maybe later on later on the show, later on this week. I also have a clip of him talking to Jameis. It was like the first time him and Jameis met for the very first time, and they're going head-to-head in Jameis. Who, Ray? Yeah, Ray, Ray and Jameis. And it's like... It's like you know Yoda and the, you know and the, and the pupil and they're just changing <laughs> numbers. It's it was great. It was fantastic. It was like man, take my number, come talk to me. You know the whole Ray Lewis. And thing. they were both mic'd up with you for you at the time. Well, not mic'd up. I just you know sneaked in on the side. Did you? My, my iPhone. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, la la, black tie. Right. So yeah, that was a all I could hear. Even though they were sitting right in front of me, and all and, and Ray Lewis didn't uh, greet me at all. Even though he jumped up on the. Under the stage there, he he didn't acknowledge my existence. That's weird. But they were uh, they were kibitzing about like the league doesn't know what's about to hit them, and Rex and Rob were like, ha ha, Ray Ray, and they were laughing and everything. How do you think that's going to go, handsome? I don't think it's going to go that well. Rex and Rob, you don't no. think is going to work Rob out? Rob Ryan has not coordinated a defense that's been successful in some time now. When was I mean, the last was one time, he did? There was a time when when Rex was the head coach of the Jets when he you know I guess a year in. Rob Ryan went to the Cowboys, and I remember thinking at the time to be their defensive coordinator, I remember thinking at the time, wow, this is really the stage for him to kind of propel himself into a head coaching job. He, I mean, he failed there. He's failed in a bunch of places since then, and he hasn't really – he's not being considered. His name's not around for a head coaching job at, in, at any level. Well, right, and I think it is the lack of uh, production, but also people have said, and I kind of agree with this, that the long hair – is off-putting for, you know, people always say, well, the quarterback is the face of the franchise. But, in fact, it's really the head coach who is the... the yeah, I think people would look... I mean, if, if he if he had done as well as I think people expected him to, then I think people would look past that. But Has any coach ever had long hair? Any head coach? I don't think Not so. Not that I can think of. 
I'd like to see, and I wanted this done in time for President's Day, but of course we didn't get that done. I'd like to see a bunch of uh, NFL dignitaries with hairdos of U.S. presidents. Hmm. Wouldn't it be nice to see Tom Brady with a Chester A. Arthur mustache? You don't know who these people are, handsome. Was he a president? Do you know that one of our presidents was named Millard? Millard Fillmore? No, I didn't. And he ascended to the highest rank that an American can ascend to, and his name was Millard. It makes me feel bad about myself for not achieving more. Yeah, me too. What's the uh, What's the name of the president who got stuck in the bath? That's Wasn't William that Howard Taft. Now, that's the stuff of legend. Supposedly, on the day of his inauguration, William Howard Taft, who was a, who was a uh, very... Uh, a very uh, plump man, a man of uh, considerable carriage, allegedly got stuck in... 355 pounds. 355 black tie. Good job. Good producing black tie. I don't know if it makes it funnier or less funny that he apparently had no sense of humor about his weight. I I, I think it makes it funnier. I think that makes it funny for everyone else. Right. He supposedly got stuck uh, on the day of his inauguration in the bathtub, and it required three aides to pull him out and butter. (laughs) But <laughs> that's the legend. Now, what is beyond legend? This is fact. He's the last known U.S. president. He loved milk so much. He had a cow living on the uh, on the lawn of the White House. That makes sense. But the thing that intrigues me when I read about that is, is that he was the last one indicating, of right, course, the there others were had done the same preceding thing. presidents. And then did other like people, did others go, a cow is ridiculous, but I, I, goat milk is fine. I'll, I'll keep a goat. Or did the president who defeated Taft celebrate by eating said cow? That would be <laughs> a good way. Yeah. That would be a, that would be a great move. Would Drink you, your milkshake. I'll do you one better. I'll eat the whole cow. Right. If you uh, if you became president, which I I wouldn't imagine is far off. And no, I mean yeah, certainly not. Some of the candidates out there are as qualified right. as I am. So if you did become, would that be something you'd consider bringing back? The first thing I would do, that's a great question, and I appreciate you asking that one. Um, uh, I'll take this one uh, offline. I feel like the first thing I would do is what I promised to do when I was uh, eight years old, which is reduce the school and work week to four days. Do you know what? As soon as you did that, people would re- you, you're in for your second term because people would realize that you're a person who's, you know, you've your pledges, you stick with them. If you, what would if you happen if a president day? announced he was going to do that or, or a candidate announced that? <laughs> that would be it. It's a promise I made to myself. If you're Bernie Sanders right. or you're Marco Rubio and you're looking up right now a little bit, you if you make that announcement, hey, you're going to yeah. hit the top of the charts there. Black Tie, you want, isn't going to vote for you. You want us to get to very important stuff. What do you want us to kibitz about right Well, now? we can talk about this new HBO show that I know both of you guys are excited about. This, speaking of HBO, Game of Thrones is coming up. There was a dunk yeah. contest in All-Star Weekend, which was great. I'll be interested, interested in your thoughts to think what NFL skills competition can we uh, cook up that would rival. Well, let's start there. Handsome, did you watch the slam dunk competition? I did. I, I, didn't, I watched it in as much as I saw some of them on, on social media. It was weird, the quantum leap that, uh, and uh, I guess that's a pun, unintended, but Aaron Gordon and uh, and um, Zach Levine, couldn't think of his name for a second, Zach Levine. Oh, it's not your fault. They're not, they're not the most known uh, players, but yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah that's why people watch, say it's the greatest college ball, contest you know. ever. But well, like, no, but I mean, the what they did, I mean, again, this this harkens back to the mid to late 80s when Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins had their head to head. And I do feel like I mean, listen, you're splitting hairs who won. They both were dynamic. But uh, but I think Aaron Gordon, he won. won. 
He definitely won. Who was the one who who like Aaron leapt Gordon. over the animal? Aaron, Go- Aaron Gordon. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I think Aaron Gordon. I don't. I've never seen the the old idea that like once you tomahawk, once you pull the ball back over your head as far back as you can pull it and then slam it. It's a physical impossibility coordination-wise to do anything once you pull it all the way back other than throw it down, except Aaron Gordon took it back, put it forward, and took it back again all before he slammed uh, slammed it. That, to me, in a way, was the most impressive of them all. It's a, it defies logic, no question. I mean, he had a, he had a couple of the dunks that were even just more awe-inspiring how they looked, but that was, that was special. That was different. Um, to answer your question, well, Handsome, do you have any thoughts? I've long called for the return of uh, superstars on ABC. Look it up on YouTube, kids, if you don't know what I'm talking about. But they used to pit the greatest athletes yeah. in the world against one another, Formula One drivers and right. NFL stars and baseball guys and so on. What would be the competition you'd like to see? Skills competition. I mean, I still think the fastest man thing is cool. It does settle a lot of arguments that – that people have. I think there you that's, go. That's as that, simple as it gets. Man in the end, it's, it's very simple. It's not exciting, but Daryl Green used to win that every single year. And up until the age of about 40, he was still the fastest guy in the NFL. I would, you know what? I'll go one further. Let's, I, I love this idea. And as opposed to anything where injury could occur, that's really what derails a lot of that kind of stuff from happening. But if, you know, straight ahead speed, you know, you feel like uh, negligible yeah. danger with that. I think you do it by position group too, and every and everybody's. Uh, you have fun. to do the punters have, and kickers yep. have to do yep. it too, and you establish who's the fastest at each position, and then you boil right. it down to the fastest. The other one, the old one at the at the Pro Bowl, they used to have the the quarterbacks would would do a quarterback competition. I remember I used to I had a VHS video of about probably the nineteen eighty nine let's say skills competition, and there'd be like guys driving golf buggies with a big target on the back. Yeah, I remember, and. It, it was actually you had to be less accurate than you were in a, in a normal NFL game because the targets were gigantic and they were being driven at not a huge speed across the thing. But then you realize that these guys, and I hadn't appreciated it at the time, but now knowing what goes on at the Pro Bowl, these were, guys were probably 10 Mai Tais deep. So for them, to, <laughs> for them to actually hit any kind of moving target is pretty spectacular. I hadn't considered that. Yeah, my juvenile oh, brain didn't consider Yeah, it. mine didn't either. But now that I think about it, of course that's what they'd been doing. How about we make uh, all the NFL guys get together and I'll create my own version of a Wonderlick test and just see how they perform on that. Just see what they know that's important to do. What's going to be on there? What's the uh, bre- best breakfast meat? Yeah, stuff like yeah. that. That's exactly right. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for leading me into uh, my line of how, how Here's a thought. With all Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and what they've done with the one-handed catches lately, how about like that for the NFL? It's a one-handed or just a catch contest where ah. you have like a little – you don't want them to land on the field just because they're on the turf so they don't get hurt. You have, like, a little cushion, like a little no, no, no. bouncing castle. Now you're getting weird. I well, like I'm it not. until you said a cushion. Well, I just no, they can, if they landing. can get in bounds and put their feet down, yeah, that would be I, a cool Yeah, thing. I just think – I think I, think I would just like to area. know – yeah, actually, it's kind of interesting, although I find it creepy as somebody who isn't a weightlifter. I don't love – watching guys stand yeah. around other guys rooting for each other to see how much come on come on that whole thing is a is a little repellent to me because maybe because I don't fit into that group but um I just would like to see what who can throw it the farthest yeah that's always fun that's fine well. with me I but don't they care. would never try again if you if you watch those those shows um from way back 
You could tell that they could definitely throw it further than that, but again, they just won't put. I remember it NFL QB starting NFL QB struggling to get it fifty-five right. yards, and which that's can't definitely be not. But then one of them would throw eighty, and you're like, well, of course, all the rest of you can throw eighty. I'm, I mean, you know, I, I like uh, ripping the dome off of all NFL stadiums, but in this case, I'd like to just see in perfect conditions right. how far, because you hear tale of guys like. Jeff George and uh, Jamarcus Russell and Mike Vick throwing the ball ninety yards, a hundred yards. Right. I'd love to see. I watched. Do there that. was a guy who was a patriot. He was one of Tom Brady's backups early on, called Rohan Davy, who, who sure. played at LSU. LSU, and I watched. Six. I watched that guy from on his knees throw it. I should think at least eighty-five yards. Is that true? Yeah, it was ridiculous. That's a weird. He had thing. a cannon. See, Rohan Davy, in spite of being able to throw it eighty-five yards, isn't an NFL QB, whereas. Millard made it to the presidency in right. spite of being named Millard. I right. think that probably would have caused you, you a know, lot of teasing among yep. his peers growing up. Anywho. Well, we're definitely watching a contest with uh, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Mike Evans, and DeAndre Hopkins, right? Catch contest? You're not going to throw Antonio Mike, Brown into that one? Mike well, Evans. Well, Mike yeah, Evans you drops like, you always need the catches, big guy. You always, he, may, he makes some pretty big uh, catches, too. You always need the big guy like Andre Drummond. You always need like, the big guy, so they don't feel left out. Yeah, it's kind of yeah the slam dunk contest. Yeah, you right. don't the the I mean, all guys don't look that. as good doing I'll it. I'll definitely watch that. Get a tight end in there. All right, I'll, let's do I'll our QB set. list. But real quick, I wanted to tell you something else. It was a great Super Bowl week, of course. I had a wonderful time. We've detailed it, um, you know, over the last few, including today, um, here and there. But it ended on a sour note for Damashek. I made my flight. I I don't know if we it's come up here, but Dave has a real problem with being late. Dave has a problem with – well, not with being – other people have a problem with, with Dave, Dave being, being late. late. Right. I don't have a problem with it, but everybody else seems to bellyache when I show up late places all the time. I would say that you have – you've, um, in my experience, you have definitely improved in the last – Thank you, handsome. Do you see that, everybody? It's so overstated. You don't show you up late time? 17 I mean, I... times in one year, and all of a sudden you're painted with that brush. I would forever. say – I would say I've had... know, three years ago you would be late. More than 75% of the time. Now, I would say you're under 25% of the time. You know what? A lot like Cam Newton. I did a lot of growing up at the NFL. That's right. Now I'm in my prime. Yes, Black Tie, go ahead. No, I would just say, like, that is exactly true. You've been on time. Always. On time. Never, like, two minutes early, but always on time. If there was an NFL honors for you not being late, you would get an award this Most time. improved, yeah. right. Like most improved timekeeper. Comeback. No, not even comeback because you've never right. been there. Before. Turned up player of the year. I not turned And up. so it was Sorry. a couple of Mondays ago. I made my way to the airport to, to SFO to return to L.A. And I showed up. My flight was at 12.22 p.m. And That's I, an awfully precise flight time. Yes. Normally I, they're like on the zeros or the maybe fives. Maybe it was 12.20 or 12.25, but for yeah. some reason 12.22 is in my head. But okay. either way, I showed up and I looked. It was 11.55 at the gate. I'm, at a, I mean, I'm never at the gate a half yeah. hour early. Sitting there, lounging. I had a sandwich in hand. I was, you know, I, I was uh, on top of the world, although I didn't know exactly how to fill that 30 minutes. But anyway, didn't so matter. I did. And, I, you know, I was just, you know, aimlessly looking at uh, the Twitter and whatever, my emails on my cell phone. And they announced, uh, hey, the flight's a couple minutes delayed in landing here, but we should be boarding it uh, not too long here. And then I looked, and it was 1235, and then and then I looked, and it was 12. And then I looked, it was like it was 1255, 1 p.m.-ish. And I was like, what is going on already with this flight? 
And so I went up to the to the gate and I said, when are we boarding? Because I don't even see it on the board anymore. And uh, the woman said, sir, that flight uh, boarded and left about uh, <laughs> 25 minutes ago. How do we not know this already? I don't know how I didn't what? come out. Maybe it was shame that kept me from sharing this, this tale. This is a story that I have not heard and I would have expected. To. I want you to understand something. Like I said, I was on Twitter. I was right. on email. I was sending things. I was corresponding with our colleagues and so on. And there were not earbuds in my ears. Right. I was not watching TV. I wasn't napping. Mm-hmm. And yet, but did while you not- seated at the gate, I missed my flight. <laughs> did you not notice? Were there suddenly not a lot of people around? I don't know why my fellow flyers wouldn't have tapped me on the shoulder and said, excuse me, stranger, that we're getting on the flight here. In I think a- possibly because they looked at you and realized you're an adult. Maybe. Maybe that had something that might to do be, with you know, it. That might be the clue where they're like, this guy could probably take care of himself because he's a grown man. In all my days, I listen, I have done many, many stupid things. I, I don't know. I think this ranks right up there. This is top three stupidest <laughs> deeds in Dave's many moons on the planet Earth. If it were me. I though. missed the flight. Do you understand what happened? I was sitting at the gate. They called for you. And you, you've been on fl- you've been at a gate before. They don't say one time like, hey, get on the plane now or, or you're going to miss it. No, no. They say like, all right, pre-boarding. Now if you have children. Group or you, two. You can do this. Now it's group two. Now it's time for this. Last call. They do that. Every, I mean, they do it. What happened? What <laughs> happened to my brain? Did you have, I did, you have headphones in or? I just said, see, you have your headphones in. I was, you yeah. You were listening. I was looking at flights. I was trying to see if your flight time was accurate. There's no flight time that's not on like, you know, 015 or 30 or top I think of the you're hour. missing the point, Black Tie. I missed my flight while everybody got up That's around it. me and got on a plane <laughs> while they were announcing it and flew away, and only after it departed did it occur to me to go up and check when they were boarding. <laughs> and, I i mean, I didn't leave the airport, so I was there, as I say, I was there by 11.45-ish, you know, and I was at my gate by 11.55-ish, and I didn't get on a plane until 7 p.m. that night. And so <laughs> I just – I almost when you, when you When you called – Presumably you had to call someone at the NFL and say, hey, I missed my flight. What did you did you tell them that story? Because I, I would I was, say I, I miss I would just say I missed my taxi. I didn't wake up. I'd, I'd rather it was so like I missed the flight and it was a sort of expected Damashek. Oh, Damashek missed his flight again. Yeah. Same way that he did last week and yeah. the other time. Typical Damashek boobery. Right. Yeah, rather than a whole new way of missing a flight. No, no, no. I, I, I was too ashamed to contact our uh, travel department. So what did I, you do? Just I handled out. it all myself. Congratulations. I almost. You are I, an adult. I almost paid $600 to jump on a uh, Southwest flight. Right. And then I thought, well, what if I go? Because then I had to. And really, a major reason I didn't do it is because I had to switch terminals. And I was like, ah, by the time I get over there, who knows? It might be too late for that one. I'm not even going to bother with it. Uh, you know what we should have done? Humiliated. And it came to. I actually. I went. Did the same thing Monday morning. Uh, I had to get a, a bus to Oakland in order to get on a plane from there. And at the the I was at the back on the back seat of the bus with Mark Sassler and Chris Wessling and never heard of those. Two. No, well, that guys um, doesn't matter. Okay. They uh, anyway, the the bus driver got off and he was getting all the suitcases out and we were the last ones off the bus and he'd left the the bus running the key in it and I just thought, wouldn't it be fun now to take this bus? <laughs> 
and drive back to LA, which, by the way, probably wouldn't have taken a whole lot longer than going to the airport because they made us get there five hours early because they assumed there'd be some kind of rush, which wasn't the case. Um, and and drive back to LA, and wouldn't that have been fun? We should have all done what a podcast! That the best that podcast ever, the roadcast. I know a lot of people are miffed that we I, didn't we do missed, some. We missed po- a trick, and I blame black tires always. Hey, we should have done what we should have done is a trolley cast. Why didn't we do a trolley no, cast silly. in San Francisco? That's silly. It is. Yeah, a, but a, a roadcast, a stolen a bus road, cast. Yeah, I had to come pick you up. Boosted bus cast. I yeah. love it. Oh, that reminds me that little. Uh, uh, um, alliteration there. I have to think of the word alliteration. Um, that was speaking of presidential matters on the heels of uh, President's Day. Isn't that fascinating that over a 20 year span, three of our four uh, presidents had alliterative names? Woodrow Wilson. Well, Calvin- fascinating because it's a lot or because it's not many? <laughs> well, there's one too few right. by Henry Hodgson and Dave, Dave Damashek standards. We would make great presidents. Yes, indeed. But isn't that weird? Woodrow Wilson, Calvin Coolidge, and Hoover. and Her- Herbert, Hoover. Herbert Hoover. All three of those names are great, too, by the way. Um, we're presidents. Apparently, our four. <laughs> what is the on, – on, if you're watching this, it says we're talking nonsense. Yeah, I know. Why would you do that? Black tie, have you ever missed a flight? I have never missed a flight. I have, a, however, got into the airport a day too early for my flight. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I I go in, I check in, and they gave me my boarding pass. And it's not until I get to through through security that they're like, "Hey, guys, this your flight is until tomorrow." I've and I've done the opposite. I've got there at twelve. I had to get a flight flying back from Asia at twelve twenty-five a.m. on a date, and so. That's actually the night before, but I didn't work that out. So it was like, <laughs> it was let's say it was Monday, the 24th of December at 12.25 a.m. I got all the way through Monday, the 24th of December. Um, and then at 12.25, I was at the airport and they were like, your flight left a day ago. Once in Chicago, um, there are two airports in Chicago, Midway and O'Hare. And uh, once I was flying somewhere and I went to O'Hare and was looking for the airline, I forget which airline it was. And I was driving and I was like, huh, why, why can't I find, you know, how when you yeah, drive yeah. by the terminal, you can see the specific uh, flight uh, uh, airlines. And I was driving by and I couldn't find uh, the airline. And then I realized, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, it flies out of Midway, the only in Chicago, so I uh, missed that flight as well. And uh, Jeff Darlington, our pal here at NFL Media, once boarded a plane and landed in the wrong city. That's amazing. Not that you the plane the plane <laughs> went to the right place. He just got on the it's wrong. It's difficult plane. to do. Cause How you, can you get on you that? You get checked a lot. That's a little. That's a, that should we should all be yeah. a little unnerved by that, right? Yikes. I went to go see a movie in the wrong theater yesterday. Is they, that right? Yeah, I went to go see Deadpool, and like, oh, we're not showing Deadpool here. I was like, oh, damn it. What are you talking? That's about? not as good. Oh, 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 the entire, the, the entire. <laughs> kind of joint. like we. I thought we were on a good roll there, and then Black yeah. Guy just. Totally I did, you get to end it, you know. You got to kill the joke. You got to end it. I saw Kung Fu Panda Part Three with. Ooh, uh, I'd like to see that. Baby Oprah. Don't and, take them to go see Deadpool. I'm not going. Why? Pretty violent. Well, it's R-rated, so it's yeah. Uh, yeah. it's naughty language. It's a hard, it's a we hard did era. talk to Ryan Reynolds, and he was uh, delightful at uh, on Media Row at, during the Super Bowl. But anyway, all right, let's get to the QBs here, and we'll cut. Co- well, uh, all right. Real quick, what did you think, handsome, of the Game of Thrones uh, preview? It was well, I I, well, I, may, I may not have. Yeah, it was like eight seconds long. Yeah, but Tyrion is in it. 
Spoiler alert, guys. Tyrion's what? That's not alert. a spoiler alert. It's a trailer, trailer. black guy. All I'm doing How is can you spoil know. a trailer? It's like an eight-second like trailer. Like who's hanging here with me. So Right now, he hasn't watched Game of Thrones yet. So I'm trying to, trying to preserve. <laughs> so wait a second. Wait, so so wait. It's a one-off spoiler problem. That's fine. I'm not worried about that. But wait, why would Tyrion not be in it? Because well, Tyrion's not dead. <laughs> spoiler alert. Well, the, but so he wasn't dead, so he's in it. No, I'm saying in well, the. Tra- it, I'm sorry, in the trailer, they go to that place where Arya was. Yeah, with the heads, with all the heads, all the dead right. people's heads, and we see Ned Stark. We hear his, oh, his voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We hear Rob Stark's voice. We hear Mama Stark's voice. Oh. We see all these people, and then they show Tyrion Lannister's. Head. They show everyone though. Eventually, everyone's head. Tyrion. They show everyone. So, like, you see Tyrion first, and you're like, "Whoa, what are you trying to tell me?" And then you sort of see all the other main characters are still alive. Is that true? That is true. Yeah. The dragon lady. You see Arya in there. You see. You see Larry Lisa Fitzgerald said it uh, at NFL Honors, and we'll show you that as well uh, if you haven't seen that one yet. We asked him a year and a half or so after he told us here on DDFP that uh, that he thought uh, Rob. No, not no, Rob. That, no, uh, he that, said that, uh, Stannis. Stannis Baratheon Stannis. was going to get That was never going to happen. Well, I thought he was on to something early last season when Stannis looked like he was nice and loving towards his little daughter, and that was just before he burned her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> That's not, not a spoiler alert. You That's a year ago. what a spoiler alert is, Ugh. Black Tie. You're the worst, Black Tie. It's an ongoing show that people might start binge-watching. Matty G is going to start binge-watching next week. He's All not. Right. Guess what? You know he does. Stannis' like, daughter is in a central figure. Matty G, if he was in, if he was in, can we get a camera on him, or can you look at the camera? Because here, doesn't he look a little bit like he would be in one of those bars? In, he seems one of like the in one of the pubs, <laughs> in, in, uh, <laughs> and they Rose. get slaughtered by a bunch of soldiers who are coming. He might have been one of Jon Snow's yeah. buddies. Yeah, yeah, I, I could might be that. a squy. You see him being a squy, or he right? could be, or he yeah. could be one of the uh, lesser Starks. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> maybe one day. Matty Stark will ascend to the heights of his father and mighty brethren, but for now he is. And then, and an arrow would go straight through him, and that would be the end. That's his entire role. (laughs) Now, all of a sudden, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we have to figure out a way to insert uh, Matt Gothard into Game of Thrones. I want Maurice to be in there as well. Maurice is a huge Game of Thrones fan. In fact, you know what we should do? That would be a good podcast. Let's you, me, Ike, and Maurice sit down and watch Game of Thrones and do a podcast while it's happening. I love the idea. Thank and, you. And by the way, Ike and Maurice uh, will uh, rejoin us in Indianapolis. In oh. uh, in uh, what is that next week already? Yeah, the combine. Egad. I hope uh, everybody. Well, I might miss my flight, so we should build that into into the schedule. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to the combine now as well, and we hope to catch up with oh, Pat let's McAfee get, let's and get some a, other people. Let's, yeah, that's a let's good eat idea. Steak there. Well, the other thing that we're talking about doing is uh, maybe doing the podcast from Indianapolis, and we might even do it live. And in the meantime, we were talking about doing it late night, doing it like midnight Ooh. from some local haunt, and just doing it live. Wouldn't that be extra fun? In the meantime, I hope you watched. The uh, the football withdrawal last weekend. We just did uh, all the games, watching great. all the games, and then this weekend we're doing a bunch of uh, football lives and hard knocks. Twenty fifteen. It's, it's all your idea, right? That's the impression I get from watching on the television. It seems like it's your you brought this to life. Well, not the football life part of it, but the old games, the original broadcasts. Yes, the only uh, change I would make is there'd be a lot more damage in it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's not a joke. I know. Narcissistically, I'm, I'm I really well do aware think. of that. Mark, you listen. The the picture in picture thing, the mystery science theater three thousand idea is exactly what I wanted to do. Except we wouldn't ironically watch this and laugh at these games. We would we would we'd love it. Fun. We'd swoon. We're yeah. watching great football games. What's better I than that? that? I get that. And we would just sit there and you'd watch the games with us. You know. All right. Let's uh, let's. Speaking of great old games, you can uh, when you watch those, you see great old quarterbacks, and it really is what defines who the best quarterbacks of all are. So let's now continue with our little mini series that we got going on the last podcast with Misters Harmon, Gelhar, and Co. from the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. They helped contribute to the first leg of this. Here's what we're doing, handsome. Okay. In ten year increments. We are evaluating who the greatest quarterbacks of the Super Bowl era are. I get so it. on the last podcast we did, as of Super Bowl ten, in other words, in January of uh, 1976, on the heels of the Steelers defeating the Cowboys in Super Bowl ten, who were the ten best quarterbacks at that point? Who'd ever played? Who'd ever played as long as you played at least in one the- season in the Super Bowl okay. era? So okay. guys like Sammy Baugh aren't in yep. there. But Johnny Unitas is, even though his prime had already passed, he did reach it. the standard that is you have to have made it to a, the Super Bowl era beginning in 1966. So, all right. So, at number one then was Johnny Unitas. And at number two, who did we have there, Gothard? Do you remember off the top of your head? I'm sorry. that was. Uh, I think it's Bart Starr. Bart Starr was uh, number two there. Joe Montana had started to creep up there. I think we had him. Oh, Roger Staubach, I think we had a three. Montana at four. And, no, no, not Montana in 76. We didn't no. have him there yet. I'm sorry. Um, Bradshaw Are we was talking about there. last week's board? I got you yeah. if you need it. Well, throw it oh, up yeah, there. Throw it up there. Well, we're yeah. trying to we throw it up. In the meantime, I could just tell you right here. It's Johnny Unitas, Bart Starr, Tarkenton, Staubach, Joe Namath, right. uh, Sonny, Terry Bradshaw comes in at seven, and eight is Len Dawson. Number nine is John Brody, and number 10 is Earl yeah, so there you have that was our top 10, and there wasn't a whole lot of debate. Some people hit me up and thought I had Bradshaw too high, but I do think that on the heels of his good uh, Super Bowl 10 performance, he had two rings on his fingers. That was that, that was the only people who had that at that point were he and uh, and Bart Starr, so that put him into into uh, precious territory there. So I thought I don't think that was Where was outrageous. he three? No, I had uh, Bradshaw at seven okay. at that point. All right, so let's um, look at this group. So, okay, so we had so that was the top ten then. And what I find fascinating is that in in de- when you you know move ahead by ten years, our assumptions and our well worn sort of assumptions get blown up if you're paying attention. And we're in the midst of that now. People always love to say it's the same names, and we're just now. If you feel it, in the last twelve months or so, people are now just starting to break out of that mold of saying, well, you know who the best quarterbacks are, Peyton Brady, Breeze. Like, right. All right, now it's a little different now, isn't it? Uh, uh, finally, people are starting to say Cam and Roethlisberger and some of these these younger – not that uh, Roethlisberger's a younger guy, but Rodgers, and that now it changes a little bit, and so we're in the midst of that. Now let's go back to Super Bowl twenty, January – of 1986, Correct. the Bears, of course, are putting a cap, or they just beat uh, the New England Patriots, whipped them, 10. but good. Now let's go through the top ten of all time or of the Super Bowl era. As of 1986, Super Bowl twenty, and here we have it. At number one, or should I, for the audio listener, should I provide suspense, handsome? Read it backwards? Uh, yeah, read it backwards. People like you that. go backwards. You do. You read nicer than I do. I don't know if I do. Yes, you do. At number ten, 
You have, and by the way, this is not my list because no. I have some points. I'm and this is the, these are these are pen, these are put down in pencil right now. Okay. These are um, these are yeah, subject yeah, we're, we're to subject to debate. At number ten, we've got Redskins quarterback Sonny Jurgensen. Number nine, Joe Namath climbs in, uh, Jets quarterback. He hadn't won a Super Bowl now for at that point what uh, seventeen years. Yeah, and I think so he that, had just that retired right. at that point. Right? Uh, a couple of years before that, Fran Tarkenton at eight, who at that point owned every passing record. I think that mm-hmm. was important. But start seven. Raiders quarterback recently enshrined or elected or whatever, Hall of Famer Ken Stabler at six, Dan Marino at five, Roger Starbuck at four, Terry Bradshaw at three, hmm. Johnny Unitas hmm, at two, and Joe Montana as number one. There he is, your number one. Now, again, it's 1986. So, how many rings did Montana wear at that point? Two. Two. How many rings did Terry Bradshaw wear? I don't, look, I know if we're talking rings, then if you want to just tote up. Does it um, not matter? Of course it matters, but there's more to it than that. Put that list back up, Black Tie. We're not done yet. We got to, I got to, oh, no, I've I got, have it in front of me. I've okay. got two or three, I've got, I've got a couple players I think are too low on that list. Go, okay, let's, uh, let's I think do Bart Starr is generally neglected a little bit overall. And I'm not just saying when we're, to- when we're talking through the first 20 Super Bowls, but I think overall, I think... He was I think 15... What was he? He won five. He, I get that they weren't all in the... But he won five NFL championships. I know. Two of them are Super Bowls. The other three is... NFL. What was he? 13-1, and 15-1, lifetime yeah. in the postseason? It, I mean, yeah. And he was putting up... You know, he had... He was dissecting defenses long before anyone like Tom Brady was dissecting defenses. He was putting up incredible passer rating. Where I think the average passer rating back then was probably like 65, where now know, it's about 88. Go, I know, but if And you, he was putting up 105 I ones. know, but if you go 7 for 10 for 150 yards and a touchdown and uh, no well, interceptions, I, you get a high passer rating. Right. He handed the ball off a lot. I'm not that – I have him on this so list. So did a guy called Terry Bradshaw. He Look, they're all going to suffer, and all these people suffer from the fact that they're part of great teams. I don't think that – Bart Starr was the was the central point necessarily of that Packers team, but I definitely don't think Terry Bradshaw was the central point. He wasn't the reason that the Steelers won those four Super Bowls. I don't know. He won two MVPs in thirteen yeah, and fourteen. MVPs. He won the Super Bowl MVPs in Super that's Bowls. That's not, it's not about the Super Bowl. I'm talking about the the way you, he won the, 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 the he didn't the just regular, land in the Super Bowl. He won the regular season MVP in 1978. Great. He did it once. The only thing you can knock Bradshaw for, well, he. He threw a lot of interceptions, but he the was a early gunslinger. part of his career. He was terrible. Right. Well, he was a gunslinger. But the thing you would knock him for when you get into these lists is that his uh, prime was not very long. He right. didn't. He didn't do it for all right. that long. But fine. I well, would. I would remember. It's 1986 now. Yeah. I get it. I get it. What do you think about Dan Marino? Number five. I think five. Marino's only too been high. In... I think he's too high. If anything. Well, he uh, he'd had his record-breaking season. He, he makes his flash in '83 as a rookie. Right. 84, 84, he had his, his best season. Not not his career. best. Not the his best. best. He had the best, best season, season in quarterback yep. in history. Yep. 1984. Yep. But I, I still think he's 86, too high on so this list. At this point, then again, uh, you still have the argument about Marino and rings. Like now, you, I still have that argument with people. I still think that Roger Starbuck is a better quarterback at this point of his career than Marino. So good that you've got him above him. I would say that Bart Starr needs to be above Marino as well. for this Well, let reason. me I point just... out, though, Starback didn't get that second ring until the following season. Right. Or two – or I'm, wait a second. Now I'm getting myself confused. It's 86, so he did have that. He had, he had he, his, he, yeah, he, he he's, had his he's complete now. Yeah. Danny White took over five yeah. years prior. I'm getting confused. Yes, 
Rodgers, so that's why he's so high up there. And, of course, he can't go any higher than Terry Bradshaw. Terry right. Bradshaw beat him head-to-head twice. And Frank Tarkenton, at this point of his, uh, you know, had, had owned every single passing record. Every, and he, he, Okay, he hadn't got rings, but he'd taken them to four Super Bowls. So you want Fran Tarkenton ahead I want, of... I want, I want Starbuck ahead of Bradshaw. I want Starr ahead of Bradshaw. And I want Tarkenton somewhere behind Bradshaw, but ahead of Marino and, and probably... Stan. Shame on you for some of your opinions. Why, why, do, you, why do you want to knock 12 for? I'm Terry not knocking Bradshaw. him. I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm knocking him. I'm promoting the other guys. I mean, that's I wanna, not, that's a, that's can a, I give you a couple names? Yes. Montana, Brady... And those are the only two names I have for you. You know who those are, you know who those two guys, you know what they have in common with Bradshaw and no one else? Yeah, they got a lot of rings. Four rings each. I get it. The only four the only three QBs to ever win four but that's rings. Not, but but um there's a guy called Mike Lodish. Do you know who Mike Lodish is? Sure. He was on the Broncos and the Bills as a long snapper. And I'm making an extreme end of the point here. He went to seven Super Bowls. You're hurting your argument by bringing that up. He, who's right. the central figure? He's the quarterback. Yeah, Are, but the central figure, those guys, Montana was undeniably the central figure of those 49ers teams. Because he's, he, he's the only consistent. Because he was the consi- best player on those teams. No, he was the only guy who was consistent with those teams. Right. Maybe, well, I, but I don't he know, was, was also Randy the Cross central on all figure. Those, those, teams, teams, anyway. those teams wouldn't have worked with anyone else. I and we've kept Johnny Unitas in there at number two. Yeah. You never saw him play. It's, it's confusing. Yeah, I don't, I, can't, I don't have enough of an opinion. The other guy I'm going to bring up, and I know you're going to shoot it down straight away, Bob Greasy, I realize, was not a oh, statistical monster. And I don't think he belongs in the 10, but I don't think he's far off it. You always shoot him down. He was. Bob Greasy has no business being in the Hall of Fame. If he's in the Hall of Fame, then you must put Jim Plunkett in the Hall of Fame. And that's the end of that argument. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with Plunkett being in the Hall of Fame. All right. Well, that's fine. But Bob Greasy, talk about a caretaker. Talk about a guy who did nothing but turn around and hand but the he, ball off. He did. He did exactly. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He didn't make mistakes. <laughs> he was well, surgical as well. He was accurate. He was. That's certainly worthy of a gold jacket. Well, all right, fine. I, I, I mean, I, I think, he threw the ball four times. I'm not in saying you should be game. on this list, but your list is is slightly off at the moment. But we'll, we fixed it. All right, I'm going to amend this. See, keep your notes coming here because before I publish this on NFL.com and we get a proper final right. list together, we have to, uh, you know, I, w- I want to hear from you. So drop me a line. Add Damashek, here's your list again. Montana one, Unitas two, Bradshaw three. No, no, Starbuck three. I mean, I, you know, it's a funny thing you say that. Now, Starbuck, had he not gone to the Navy, maybe goes down as the best of all time, but he did go to the Navy, and so that took away a chunk of his prime, and by the time he earned the starting gig there, you know, may, who knows? History would be quite different. Maybe yep. if he were the starting QB in Super Bowl five, maybe they the Cowboys would have had, uh, you know, an extra ring on their finger. Then again, had Terry Bradshaw on the black and gold not gotten in Roger Staubach's way, that team would be the best team of all time. Unfortunately, they met the buzzsaw named the Steel Curtain not once but twice. The Steel Curtain. And that now earns... you're talking about the, the the major part of that team. Well, it's not the not, – Not Terry Bradshaw. Well, I don't know if you heard. Lynn Swan and uh, John Stallworth got into the Hall of Fame too. Yeah. Who threw them the ball? Right. They got – exactly. They made it in the Hall of Fame. He had the pieces around him. He and had so two Franco Hall of Harris. Fame receivers. So did Franco Harris. I know, but this story guy. that the offense of the Steelers of the 70s was some bum unit getting dragged. That that's uh, not what I said. I, that's absolutely not what I said. I said they did great, but he had great pieces around him. Listen. He wasn't the greatest part of that offense. History is written, written by the victors, right? Right. Well, the Steelers beat the Cowboys twice in the Super Bowl. All right. 
you must put Bradshaw ahead of Staubach. No. All right, drop me a line if you if you agree with Hanson or if you don't. Dan Marino, I just said, listen, he was so sublime. He was so transcendent I, in the mid eighties. Arguing, but he in the next one, I realize he still won't have won a ring. He won't have in the next one after that either. I'd say he'd be higher in the next one than he would be because he at this point he had played four years, three years, uh, 83, 84, 85, Okay. But this doesn't include the 86 season. This is January of 86. You're right. He's so he played, played three years. years. In the next one, I would, definitely have, I would definitely have him up there. I don't know. He's the, he, he certainly seemed like uh, one of the all-time I, best. Look, when you I'm not going to argue about Dameron. Maybe you're right. Maybe I do need to drop Marino behind Bart Starr and Fran Tarkenton. All right, so that's that. Uh, good stuff. Uh, thanks to Akib Talib. Thanks to Handsome Hank. Thanks to all the gang behind the glass, including the new Stark child. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be uh, oh oh good news, handsome. Later in the week, our old pal Ross Tucker. He's coming here. Ross, no, he's not going to be in studio with us. He's going to be up on the uh, on the uh, flat screen behind us. Well, hey Dave. Well, hey Dave. Uh, hey uh, hey uh, hey there, Henry. Hey handsome. Uh, Dave. Well, and he'll join us to do the what QB you list. Yourself to your uh, upcoming guests by making fun of. Him. I'm not insulting him at all. Uh oh, here we go. So, all right, we'll talk to you later in the week. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. This is Dan Hansis of the Around the NFL podcast, along with Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. Hey, Dan. On the latest show, we uh, talked franchise tag primer, quarterbacks that could stay and uh, could go because, really, guys, quarterback is the lifeblood position of professional football. So true. Check it out on NFL.com slash podcast and iTunes. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.